planning on. Well, Warsaw, because, I mean, a flawed taste, because a lot of people listen to this and say, by the way, where is this obsession with planning on? Well, uh, it is only after you arrive at that stage and, and are fluid enough and, 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 be, and cease to, to, to worry about this being a condition of this or that or what cleavages this represent, that you really realize that this is the way a cat lives. A cat comes in here, we can change the position of a certain object. If we put something comparatively similar to it, you know, in the same position, that cat will just walk through here. They do this from time to time. They'll cruise and never pay any attention to it. But if we, and, and uh, in other words, you can make a substitution, but you cannot take the same thing and move it some other place. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's time. That is the, that is the position in, in the map as against occupier. They don't quibble over occupier. Mm -hmm. And in, in the arts, you do not quibble on occupier. In the great, the, I mean, in the real profound art is all strong on structure, a positional structure, and an amazing lot of latitude. All right, now what is the further advantage of this? Suppose you, you, you progress to that point and, and have accepted that very freely. At the one thing you begin to realize that if you have a strong structure, you can madly change your occupiers back and forth. Right? And, and this is the world of art. I mean, this is creation. And this is also science and, and speculation. You have to, you know, it's, it's the pursuit of structure. And then, and then you have, then the, the more you pursue structure, the more you find ways of accommodating uh, occupiers that you already know. And, and, and you've got a functional world that's very, very exciting. And now, I wasn't seeing it that that extended then. Mm -hmm. Sure, but this all contributes to it. I was, um, well, <clears throat> it, after after April when you left Arosa, did you travel again in Europe before you came back, or what did you? We, uh, how long did you uh, we, need, we went to Paris, and uh, and uh, needed a, and I, need, I needed a re-entry visa for the United States because I was a Brazilian citizen. Quota number, yeah. And that. I needed the quota number, that's right. Yeah. 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 Born in Italy, quota was quite and, uh, relatively limited. So anyway, so uh, uh, it turned the, uh, the uh, consul, uh, uh, you know, the American consul in Paris was a very nice guy. And uh, he, he uh, promised me, which he did, I mean, he didn't have to promised me the first visa out of the that would come out of, uh, came out of Italy. Next fiscal year, Italy, yeah. Uh, Turin, the Italian quarter. Send them out of Turin or, or someplace no, like that. that. For some reason, it came out of there. And uh, it was it was actually, uh, it was a completely uh, serial number, so serials, I think. Okay. But anyway, so I would have to wait a while, you know, several weeks in any case. And so Frances, uh, you know, by that time, she was getting uh, well, anxious to get back home. Your dad had had a stroke. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's why you left Italy. Anyway, so so she went back from Paris, mm -hmm. and as soon as she left Paris, I wait, wait, I'm, I'm missing. Here. We were in Paris, you know. We had we had gone to Paris by way of Strasbourg and uh -huh. and uh, Nancy, you know. And in Nancy, we had one of those fabulous meals. I mean, really fabulous. For 65 cents. I mean, it's just unbelievable. 
you know, this table is all done. I'm going to go through and just take out all the meals. You don't have any left. <laughs> have, no, I mean, and then have them separate as your your history through food. You know? <laughs> well, there, there's some there's some sense in doing that. Yeah. No, I, I apparently yes. There is some sense. So when when did when did uh, when did you go back then? In May. In May. Yeah, in May. Well, we left the rose. We left the rose at the end of April. Oh really? Okay. After I was gone, you went to. Well, you right. Then, then I then I went to you know went to uh, I looked around Paris some I mean you know Paris some more and, and what did I, did I look at in France? I was there about ten days. I no, I guess I didn't really particularly go any. I don't think so. I, think I just went straight to uh, to Italy and. Uh, Went to, uh, the, uh, I'm curious to, about your birthplace. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, I went only as far oh, as right. Naples. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was Naples. And uh, anyway, so I, so I, you know, was looking at the art, uh, the art in the, in the museums. In Italy, primarily. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was wondering at this point what, what you would have seen. And this was a very. And it was hot. It was a little hot. It was right in the midsummer. It right. wasn't a good time in some ways. But, but what, what would I be looking at at the time? Well, yeah, that's. I mean, I assume this is this is uh, you were primarily your primary interest was. I went up to Frascati and I went back to the Villa d'Esti. And uh, saw saw as much as I could, you know, the primarily in gardens. Renaissance, Italian Renaissance, and, and uh, I, uh, I had uh, I had a liking for for uh, for some some early Christian you know work too you know it was, uh, uh -huh. Byzantine yeah Byzantine world the I see yeah well my my question in a sense was the next question is and um, I was really very much interested in drawings. Uh, I mean, Leonardo, Leonardo and Michelangelo drawings, I, you know, I had spent all winter looking for damn things. I knew where all the connections were in all these lines. I had this all figured out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so to see, you know, to see uh, original? some of the original. What, at various museums? Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. There are always a few. Mention this line on, just to yes, put it up yes. by the wall here a little bit. Any way you wish. Just so I can see what the tape recorder is doing. Well, my. My question uh, is this: that we've talked about the Renaissance art and these other um, periods that you were interested in, but like when you were in Paris, this this is this is 1931, the early part of 1931, and this is a very unsettled but also a very creative period in in contemporary art in Europe. Um, the you know that big Stuttgart exhibit of film and photo was just a year before, and things that you weren't looking for at the time, but I'm wondering, did you absorb some of this stuff, or when you're in Paris or Strasbourg, did you pick up some of these things, you know, or were you not looking for them? Are you, are you, are you, by what are you referring to, more modern art? Yeah, just whatever was, yeah, the contemporary art, the point where you... I'm the only guy who probably, now I'd say this just to, for the fun of the kick of it, I may be one of the few people in any case who never had any problem with modern art. Mm -hmm. Because the first time that somebody pointed to it, or or the first time that I saw some, you know, that that I knew, was was kind of uh, uh, questionable in in some people's point of view. You know, I would I had on uh, read some criticisms. You know, mm -hmm. like uh, I, I was reading uh, one thing that I was doing with great care, 
was while I was there, I was buying newspapers from all over Europe mm. that were beautifully supplied in, in this place. So every every week, I had all of these these uh, important newspapers, uh -huh. and I knew what was going on everywhere. And uh, best of all, I uh, I really had to look at the international politics, and I kept telling Francis, you know what you know what was going on and where things were going to go. I was so worldwide compared to the to the average people, you know. Mm -hmm. I could read between the lines, you know, and, and making comparisons and things that I knew from real, you know, much more. Right? An American just goes there and he, and, and uh, let's say, to Europe, and he, and he only compares this with his situation, and, and he sees it different, and, and differently somehow, as, as being something different, and he just leaves the that. You mm -hmm. know, he really, he doesn't know really much about it, and it's some speculating. And uh, anyway, so in while reading these things and the and the Neue Zürcher Zeitung, Neue the New New Zurich uh, Times, Times, you know, Neue Zürcher Zeitung, which uh, was available in the house there every day, you know. So I I, uh, I was reading all these things and these these uh, newspapers are absolutely fantastic. They have they have tremendous essays going on every day. I mean, little essays on, on any subject by written, written by people, you know, and, I mean, cultural subjects. And uh, I did this with German paper, with the Italian paper, with Corriere della Sera, and then with, with uh, occasionally by some uh, Spanish paper, you know, just for the curiosity, mm -hmm. because of the conflict that was, that was in the making there. But, uh, see, what the, uh, in terms of modern art, though. Yeah, oh, the modern, okay. So in this, while I was reading this, as I began to, uh, I began to be aware, I, I had sort of gotten <coughs> waves of this in real, you know, but I was beginning to be aware that there were still, that there were, no, I, I shouldn't say still, because that's how we would say now, that there, there were quite a few people who were attacking newer forms of art, you know, that there was a lot of criticism against newer arts, and so I, I began to pay a little bit more attention. What the hell was it that they, what, what was the big beast? And so gradually I began to realize that, so that cubism was a very bad word, you know, <laughs> some things and so forth. And later, after I came to the United States, I realized it was even the worst word, you know, than it was in Europe. Because the people here were just farther behind. And when you say when you came to the United States, you mean in, in 31? Yeah, in 31, later, yeah. that's right. All right, so uh, I, uh, I had, uh, I, you know, and then of course I had also been looking at, at the reproductions of what was being shown, you know, magazines and, and so forth. And a place like that was just low. There was a fine bookstore in town there. Mm -hmm. uh, I spent a lot of money at the bookstore. Yeah. It was one of the best customers. And uh, so uh, uh, by the time I got to Paris, I could, uh, for instance, uh, uh, I remember going uh, going to the Georges Petit Gallery in Paris. Georges Petit? Georges Petit Gallery. And they had a beautiful Matisse exhibition. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, I didn't have any problem there with Matisse. I mean, that there were a lot of things about Matisse that were particularly interesting, but I could see that this was a very, you know, there's a lot of that there that would interest me. And there was a very curious incident, well, not incident, but a curious uh, thing, uh, experience. Uh, experience that I uh, uh, remember. This was a, um, this particular gallery. Uh, had several large rooms, and then also had, some, had, had a few comparatively small rooms, or smallish rooms. And uh, I remember walking into uh, this was after this, this particular thing was after after Francis, Francis had gone, you know. 
And I was just walking around the place. Uh, it was an afternoon, not much going on, not, not many people there at that moment. And I walk into a room, and here stands a tall American, you know, and uh, for, and there was a dark-haired woman with a pad taking certain things down. And uh, this this turned out this guy, a Barnes, there was a Barnes Foundation, oh, you know. Dr. Barnes? Yeah, and it was the funniest thing was that I didn't know, that I never had heard of Barnes, never had heard about the situation. About about uh, four years later, you know, in Tucson, Arizona, I picked up this book on Matisse by Barnes, and what do I see there? I hear exactly the words that he had said to the secretary. Oh, she was taking dictation. She was shaking it down, see? <laughs> oh, it's absolutely bad. <laughs> it was so funny. As by God, it was just as bombastic as it, and just as, as assured and, and cockeyed as he thought. I mean, he wasn't all crazy, but he was crazy. He, he collected some nice stuff, but yeah, that's great. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so so that was that, and uh, but I didn't see anything there to, to get excited. And, and uh, later on, and of course, the first the first uh, strictly works, you know, that were annoying people like I mean, straight with cubism. I looked at it, and all I could see, my God, what the hell is a problem in problem? It's a problem in design. You like it or don't like it? Yeah, right. Yeah? It was that simple to me. It was, uh, you know. But you can see how how simple it was for me, because now you can tell how so many of these yeah. things are, are just plans. Yeah. You know, just plans. We could go over Picasso now. You know, you you'll do this one of these days. You look at at, at a long, you know, inventory of Picasso things, and you'll see plans of everything in there. You know? This guy looks at a lot of plans. And you know that they, that of all of these goddamn lousy, and and at the same time learned critics, a lot of them are damn learned. It has never occurred to them to say that Picasso really was interested in, in architectural plans. Yeah. Yeah. All of these years. Yeah. Yeah. African mask, but not architectural plans. Oh, that's, that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So you you did have a pretty fair uh, acquaintance through reading, and then some direct contact in Paris with... I saw quite a few things, obviously, because there were a lot of commercial galleries, and I went into a lot of commercial galleries, and, and uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, I saw a very uh, beautiful exhibition of, uh, of, uh, of uh, so, well, actually, it was at the, uh, at the, the that little museum, I believe it's the Jeune Pont. Uh, in, the, in the Luxembourg Gardens, and uh, I don't know whether the building now is still exactly the same size as it was then, but it was comparatively small building then. Is this Jeux de Femme? Yeah, and then there they had a, a, a very handsome exhibition of of, uh, of this uh, the most interesting of the cubist, I mean of the of the futurist painters, uh, not Boccioni, uh, Boccioni. And it was all of the all of these things at the Museum of Art, you know, later had there. I had already seen that. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we, now, did you say this was painting and sculpture? That was painting. Yeah, Bocconi was both painter and sculpture. But I was most interested in, in seeing these sculptures. I mean, developed the bottle in space. Mm -hmm. and sort of yeah, I have a real strong image of the one of the figure striding kind oh, of. Oh, then my just oh, oh, the one of the figure striding. You know, I said. Are they going to take an exception to this? <laughs> if they're going to take an exception to this, then they have to take an exception to to or to that, and then pretty soon they have to take an exception to everything. Mm -hmm. There's no stopping if they're, if they're going to do the thing like that. Yeah. 
and so I, I really enjoyed that and, and, uh, and uh, hmm. so uh, there were a number of uh, and of course I went to Luxembourg and the Luxembourg uh, in those days was, was still the clearinghouse before things went to the Louvre they would, uh, they would go to the Luxembourg for a number of years and uh, that was a very nice uh, easy going Looking museum results in those days were not not uh, crowded, and uh, I remember seeing. Uh, I, st I just I even looked at it recently. I remember seeing a particular painting by Matisse in there, and I remembered of a, you know, a tabletop situation with a knife kind of sticking out. You know? And then uh, recently I thought about this painting just in connection with you know travel, what is in places. You know, I have a, Mm -hmm. to, uh, and there were other things in this, in this, mm -hmm. in this Let him tell us. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you don't keep it off? Keep it off there. Uh, don't, don't, put, don't put it in any publication form. The trouble is, you let these other people see it, read it, listen. Not, nothing it. is going anywhere until after you've okayed. You know, as a as a paper, you marked. I mean, I wouldn't okay this at this point. After I'm dead, I don't care. Yeah. But while I'm alive, I don't like to bring this up. Yeah, no, that's entirely yeah. your, your decision when we get the thing transcribed. Well, Clarence so. Kennedy, you know, you know yes. who he is. Well, Clarence Kennedy uh, had, uh, apparently was looking for, for uh, or had been working together with, and had, had known, had known uh, uh, land. land, you know, for a long time. And uh, uh, 
they were looking, they were, this was during the war. This was during the, uh, the Second World War. And they were looking, apparently, for somebody to help them with, with uh, certain kinds of printing of these. What's the system that they have? Stereo? It's not stereo, it's another much, much fancier kind of a space type of photography. Mm. Uh, holographs? Holographs, yeah. They were, they were working on holographs. And they needed somebody really to help them with printing these things, and, uh, printing problems, and you know, how to print. Mm. And, uh, uh, we never actually, uh, uh, Land and I never talked about them with this, this thing at all. You know, this was done with, with some of his assistants and other things. But anyway, Kennedy was, uh, was very friendly with him. I had known him for many years ever since uh, Land was a kid, you know, practically at Harvard and other places. He, uh, you know, just took me to, to meet Land as a person, you know, and also for Land, I suppose, to. Anyway, I had photographs with me, and I showed some of these to land, and then did it with, with, with the family and, and all this. And this was, I remember, it was a Sunday night, and we, um, I believe it was Sunday, not a Saturday, it was Sunday. Mm -hmm. And uh, so after about, well, before before dinner, he had, the, you know, we had already talked, and then we had dinner. He had seen my things and so forth, and he was quite interested in, in the way, in the way I was talking about because he was asking very knowledgeable questions, and I had really knowledgeable answers, and he was very impressed. And uh, so, so gradually we got. Oh, so I don't have any idea anymore what we talked about, but it was just unbelievable. Uh, he would say, he would say one thing, you know, and I would just take this thing of his, you know, and just modify it a little bit, you know, and he would just go and. and then he would take that and he modified us. Mm -hmm. And and we just went went from one uh, bar all, you know, all night to another bar and he, uh, you know, he said that Austin has still got the best hand in the United States, you know, because of the, the way the packing house situation was and there, you know, he explained this to me. And so we just went around wherever they had the best hands and mm -hmm. And well it, it was way, way into the the morning, you know, something more like four o'clock before we were through. And here, uh, uh, Kennedy, you know, who, you know, was not a uh, young man anymore in those days. And uh, well, as we got to the hotel, he said, uh, uh, I've never seen it like this. I've never seen it. Yeah. You've never seen land that way? Land, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that kind of thing. <laughs> and land was no more drunk or anything, you know. Just drinking in moderation. And uh, so I, but, it was this exchange, you know. Well, you know, uh, he uh, really insisted that I should take that uh, uh, Mies book on photo technique because we had been talking about uh, photo technique. And he said, he asked me, if you have a copy of that, you should have a copy of that. He said, by the way, I think I got one right here. So he went and shot someplace and got it out. I still have it. It says it's one personal copy. I mean, it's, uh, from Mies to yeah. Land? No, no, land. no, no just, just Land. Just Land's no, personal no, yeah. Not Mies. No, I don't know. Yeah. That would be well, I think, you know, I think Land is probably one of the great original research minds. It must be. Just, yeah. you know, the... Uh, and I kind of, I kind of uh, regret it, in a way, not be for the sake of that particular connection as connection, but that nothing help, uh, you know, happened in the future. And we actually never exchanged letters like that. But that night when we parted, mm -hmm. you know, we parted, 
and that handshake and the way he looked at me, you know, and, and he says, "This is really a great thing for you." Yeah. yeah. And and it was it was really it was really mind, you know, mind and mind. And he he just was not he had five five boys working for him, but he had had obviously not run into anything like that before, because it was a new experience. It's, it's something's new, something's new. And, uh, and it was, and all it was is this, is this, is this, is the same idea. Ultimately, is that you know, gradually I was discovering what was happening, because I was, I wasn't quite as clear at that time about it. That it's this is the way one can read a book, you know? but you can read the book that way only if it's it's rich. And rich means that it is not totally assigned, you see, because. If it is totally assigned, it's it's an order. It's a dogma. It's 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 something that you have to accept in those terms. The the uh, uh, the great thing is only something that is very rich when you, when you can put it in this position, and when you can put it in this position, and you can put it in this position. Mm -hmm. And uh, what and what happens in a, in a really fine conversation, and uh, and this is and this is really the this is really the the. Uh, the clue to what a fight conversation is, and it's nothing but that, it is that somebody uh, is not always is not fighting to present his subject. Mm -hmm. you know? He's, he wants to plug that in, you know, you get in there. You know? No, you take what the guy says. You take what the guy says, and you can you can reconsider it not critically. See, the, 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 there's no critical attitude there. You, you respond. You you respond only by by taking this, adding a little bit to that. Or to part of it, you know, and and uh, this happens fairly quickly. There are no no long uh, no long uh, uh, you know, discussions in the sense of uh, like in preaching to the guy or like, mm -hmm. like that, or, or yeah. making or, or pointing out any great valuable thing that he had. Otherwise, mutual admiration society, nothing like that. It's it's a, it's a, it's like it's a very free thing. You know? yeah, this, like, and this was tremendous because this guy is at the wall. Land is really uh, oh he's on the wall. Well, it's uh, yeah I I I just from the the uh, some of my attention has been directed towards uh, interviewing you know and towards thinking about that situation. Is this going and it's down? Yeah, it's okay. Right. And um, uh, I uh, will find one of the you know the one of the problems in the conversation in general with just in between or normal conversation. It's just kind of what you're saying that if while you're talking to me, yeah. if I'm really thinking about what I'm really trying to say, I don't hear you. I don't, whether I hear you or not, I don't hear you. That's right. And, and it's like it's like we could we could both write out letters and just exchange them and go away, and we would have the same, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Communication. Uh, this is the strangest way of being unfriendly. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, the, 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 the friendliest way of being unfriendly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's, it's really, and I have, uh, you know, I've wondered about, and, but I never tried to reestablish contact with anything like that. And, Keep uh, you alive. Thanks. No, I'm fine. <laughs> now, You're welcome. Did you ever um, come across any uh, references to or descriptions of a thing that, uh, as far as I know, is referred to as the land effect having to do with? Reproduction of color by different means than the traditional three-color yes, system. Yes, yes, I remember when that came out, when that uh, statement. 
Well, this is quite a little while. It was in the middle fifties or something. Yeah, yeah. Because at one point in time, I had always been interested in visual perception, kind of reading about it and so on. And at one point in time, I ran across that. Actually, I was thumbing through an old copy of Fortune looking for photographs by someone, as I recall. And there was an article about it. And then that referred me to the Scientific American article. And that referred me to the Journal of Optical Society of America article, which was the original. And I went through and talked about this. And I, <laughs> I kind of got to a point. I became so interested in how the eye-brain system resolves the sensation of color. And I started reading things that really were over my head. And what unfortunately happened was I came to a point where I would have, I would have to understand calculus to go any further. And at that point, I couldn't invest any more energy, and I, and I stopped. Not too much. But well, it really seemed to me like um, what was happening was that Land's effect of achieving just with two colors a full color sensation, you know, in the eye. I thought Fred wanted to. Pointed at uh, a possibility that that color vision really only had needed two sets of information and not three and that in fact photography you know three color photography was like a fluke was not, was like a sort of a special case um, that happened to have evolved into a practical system you know and it, uh, it was a it's a thing that still piques my interest that I would at some point like to follow up with a a physicist or someone who could really comment well, what's the uh, what's the problem there well would you would you like me to do with the lamb chops do you want to do it? The spinach is ready. Uh, let, let me do the Go right ahead. <coughs> this is December 3rd. Second day of taping. This is tape two, side two. Just, uh... That grill looks dirty again today. It's mad. Kind of bad night. He looks sort of gruff. <laughs> he looks so grim usually. You know, a cat up on the roof up there is looking in the window. It is a, a scattering kind of problem. Not so far from the chimney usually, but there's some heat up there. Oh, is that right? Yeah, but it's good. <laughs> it's, really quite, it's really warm out right now. Yeah. It's going to be really they were, they were, They always work in the best of warmest spots. <laughs> <laughs> Natural heat seeking. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Uh, I was thinking we might just go back and talk about the time when you were in Europe. You'd said there were some other things you'd wanted to add. You know, the winter you were in Arosa, and then uh, and we were talking about all the books you read, and we talked about uh, your travels to Paris and Strasbourg, mm -hmm. about France. Well, we, didn't, uh, we didn't really get too much into the books other than uh, uh, these were the books that I uh -huh. picked on the way up there, you know, and okay, well, uh, stayed basically with me. Did you want to talk? You said you, there were some things you thought you wanted to add about that. We were talking, and I think well, you we had just about gone through uh, talking about Matisse, wasn't it? Was we, were, show. we were talking about various shows, yeah. yeah and, and, uh, you had mentioned Matisse and Baccioni. Baccioni, yeah. And of course, the, uh, that was in connection with your question of um, 
I suppose your question was uh, how you become aware of the newer work. And yeah, or, or in this trip, did you see any, uh, particularly in, yes. uh, in this trip, is what I was. And uh, yes, I did. But the interesting uh, thing, which I uh, um, only came, came to later as a statement to myself, was the question which came up from time to time, you know, like, uh, what, uh, I mean, it came up early. In Tucson, it started to come out in Tucson. How did you get acquainted with modern art? I mean, how come you're so interested in modern art, you know, mm -hmm. and so forth? And, uh, and I, I, I soon started to simply, especially after I had looked at Cezanne and I had read Cezanne's uh, uh, comments and, you know, and, and letters and, and uh, what he was saying about his own work as people had questioned him at one time. And did you read that mostly during uh, this winter in the Rosa? No, I, no that, was, that, was, uh, that was later on. That was about the time uh, we got hit this country and, uh, and in Tucson I started to go into this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And the idea, as I, as, I, as I had realized in my bones all of the time, well, I never had argued with myself while I looked at those things, that I was just considering him in terms of design. And uh, it is just like, uh, uh, now I, I can add to it, which I didn't then. It's just like in, in science, I mean, you get to a certain point and it, and it uh, forces you to, uh, once you accept certain premises, it forces you to another ground. And, uh, but this ground is a, is a continuous ground. And these things all really hang together and, and you cannot make these jumps. I mean, as jumps, they're ununderstandable, unsupportable, they're, they're fads, but whatever can be done. They can be uh, tied into, the, the, and, and better still, of course, it comes out of, the, out of the long design discipline. That is the involvement of art. This is, and uh, and people also, uh, uh, at that time, I already began to sense this and began to say it more clearly to myself later on, that there was really no problem with Oriental art, because people will always say, well, there are different cultures. And I said, you know, they look at it this way, they look at it. And the others look at that. I said, no, it, uh, uh, they have certain design preferences, but the reasons why they accept certain things are, are in a certain way and support certain things in a certain way, or the Chinese. I mean, people look at things the same way in China or, or here. And uh, later on, uh, you know, I thought it was easier to think of this in gravity and fuel relationships. And, and, uh, but it, all it really is is to, it's how do we carry the balancing act of walking, you know, through, you know, through life. Did you uh, see a copy of the, uh, somewhere it was um, eight pages of the Poetic Logic? Yeah, yeah, I have that. I have it with me and when we get kind of that, that thing, it's got the complete statement of, that, of this thing in there. Mm -hmm. and the, the, the trick of that is that that, uh, you know, people liked it, you know, in the life, and actually it's, it's been, uh, um, a lot of colleges have used it already, but uh, when it, in due time there's going to be an, uh, another excitement over this thing when people begin to realize this is the most concise statement about what can be said at all about art. And there's very much that can be said about art. You can say what well, you can say a heck of a lot about how you feel, mm -hmm. and you know, but uh, to relate it to 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 something out there. And talk about it. So anyway, so there was there were, I I couldn't see the the other uh, There was bad new painting like there was bad and uh, boring old painting, hmm. and and uh, so I just kept on going in this. 
And at the same time, while I was doing this, and, and I remember this happened, I think, in, in Alito, Illinois, in a small town where Francis was born and raised, the uh, local library there had a book uh, on America, on more, more uh, recent American uh, painting at that time. And that had had Sheeler and, and everybody, and that was anybody at that time, Dove, you know, Keefe, and so on. And uh, so that was my first Gouis, uh, that particular book actually was my first Gouis of Lance because I hadn't stopped in New York or anything. Uh, what, you know, what was already being, uh, had been done and, and to what degree some of this uh, connected with Europe. And Did you see this book just on your way back from Europe? Yeah, just sort of, you know, within a few weeks, uh, mm -hmm. within a couple of weeks from getting off of the ship. And um, so I took, you know, worked it over very carefully and, I, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm glad I saw this book at the time. And the book was real, it's quite good. So in, in Samuel Kutz, you know, uh, I forgot the exact title of it, but uh, it's only one of them. Yeah, it should be. Some, well, it was 1931, so it's got to be something different. Yeah. So you, uh, Francis had gone on, and you were you were waiting for uh, a quota number. I was waiting for a quota number, and in the meantime, instead of just sitting in Paris waiting for this quota number, which because I had, you know, I had already had a good look at Paris, uh, mm -hmm. and I decided to go down to Italy. And so I went, uh, went as far as Naples, and uh, and saw so uh, good deal. And, uh, so again, I saw mostly uh, most of the things I saw. I mean, Rome, I mean, Rome is, was very important to see at the time, for in terms of the the kind of training that I had, the preoccupations and the ancient and the uh, old city, you know, still there to be seen, and uh, any any aerial views of the city. Uh, can help you to orient, you know, as to what life was at there at one time, and so on. So did you, did you depart from, from uh, Italy for your trip to the United States then? No, I went back to, um, how did I go? Did you go back to Paris to pick up the back, visa? I went, yes, I went back to Paris to pick up the visa. And uh, a few more days there, you know, a week there. Uh, left from Boulogne or Le Havre, and or then left for either I forgot which either Boulogne or Le Havre. I think it was Le Havre. So did you did you not travel at all in England during this trip? No, no, I didn't. I, didn't, I hadn't been in England uh, at all after until this point. 1960 to 59, and uh, I really was a very pleasantly surprised. I liked very much what I saw in England. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, so you 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 ship out to the United States now. This this is actually a at this point, is it is this actually an immigration visa, and you've decided to go and stay in the United States, or is, what's uh, your state of mind relative to this? Well, at that at that point, yes, at that point, I was I was going to. Well, for one thing, it was uh, uh, it, it was unclear. It was really I mean, to be to be uh, specific, it was unclear just what I was going to do. For one thing, the depression. You know, mm -hmm. we were, I was really becoming more aware. Of the depression, and uh, so why 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 take a visitor's visa, you know, and and, uh, and then have have troubles renewing this or having mm -hmm. to renew it? Uh, trouble, no trouble. I mean, being married to an American, you know, it makes things easy compared to me speaking. Yeah, I see. But uh, so it was it was uh, uncertain, and uh, and and a lot of this, of course, uh, has to do with undercurrents that one doesn't quite say yes to yet. Mm 
-hmm. in your attitude what was going to be. I knew, I knew more and more without telling myself that I probably would, would uh, not be sitting much in architectural offices, you know. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I, I knew other ways of operating in any case. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, when, did you, when did you hit upon the idea of, of coming out west? And how, oh, then, uh, then uh, we were. This uh, this was sort of say we hit we hit uh, 